Hi, I'm Michael. I am a small business owner. I am overly dramatic and I'm always looking for attention. I'm an incredible improv artist, a bit manic and always looking for something new and interesting to entertain me. I am a TV host and your host right now for what we call the Second Scene Podcast, a dweebs global production where we interview people you know about things that they're not necessarily known for. I'm here today with Vanessa. She works for one of the largest travel tech firms in the world as an API tech consultant, and whose second scene is that of a wealth educator, having helped thousands get a better grip on their finances. Today, she helps people build better lives inside the US and abroad through her Move Abroad Masterclass and financial literacy programs. So please welcome Vanessa. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's quite the pleasure. I'm coming to you from Germany. From Germany. That is a place I've never been. And I would love You're missing to out. I, I'm sure I am. I'm sure I am. I've, I've always I've always wanted to go there. So I've had plenty of friends from there, but uh, I never made it. But uh, I understand that you're a self-described and proud Chicana. You know, I had never, yes. I had never heard that word before. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, it's mostly known in the Los Angeles area because of all of the like pro-Mexican-American movements we had with Cesar Chavez. And uh, it means that I'm part uh, like culturally Mexican, but I have uh, an American passport. I'm, I'm, I'm an American and proud to be both. How long have you been in Germany for? Uh, I've been here since February. I literally moved here one week before all the borders closed. Really? Really? Yeah. Well, you moved there with your husband and your, your cat, correct? Yes. My <laughs> Italian cat who has a Chinese name, which is Xiao Huang. How did that come about? <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually been abroad for like seven years now. I moved to Germany from London, where we found my Italian cat who came from Italy and was my neighbor's cat. Um, and then me and my husband actually met in China when we were living there uh, in 2013-14. Um, so we gave him a Chinese name just for like fun. Okay, so a Chicana and a German met in China. Yes, exactly. Yes. At a beer pong tournament. <laughs> at a beer pong tournament at, at an American <laughs> festive uh, party time event. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's one of the things I miss most about COVID right now is my beer mm. pong my beer pong games with my friends. Are you any good? I'm pretty good. I have to say, I have a, I have a nice, I have a nice little arc to my, to my throw. <laughs> okay. Well, I went to school on the East coast, so I majored in beer pong and uh, a very expensive degree I don't use. So the, I'd be happy to demolish you. <laughs> as did I and uh, yes. challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> so um, where did you, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in San Gabriel, California. Shout out to the 626. Um, mostly I tell people I'm from Pasadena because they don't know where San Gabriel is. Do you know? I have no idea. No. Mm -mm. Well, it is like 60% Chinese immigrants. So we have the best Chinese food um, in the country. Like you, there are blogs that confirm this. There are news articles about the 626. Like just have a Google and you'll see. Okay. All right. I'll have to check it out. I'll take your word on it today and I'll investigate tomorrow yeah fact check me <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've lived all over the world though you're a you're a big traveler where are some of your favorite places that you've been mm -hmm. um so i've lived in china in beijing uh london and now uh munich in germany but i did spend three months in turkey which was crazy because i was actually working as an emergency aid worker during the syrian war 
Um, and I was like 60 miles from the border. I was there for the siege of Aleppo. Um, and that, that was crazy. That was like my, my third scene. Uh, I also spent some good time in um, the Philippines where I did my PADI certification. Uh, I spent two months there, love the Philippines. Um, I backpacked through Southeast Asia for three months. Um, so can only recommend that as well. Uh, like, what do you want to do? What do you like? Tell me what food you want to eat and I'll give you a recommendation. Oh my God. Like, like wow. <laughs> I can't believe none of that was on your, your notes you had sent me before. How <laughs> <laughs> was that? Was your life ever in danger? Was that, was that a crazy experience? Yeah, it was. Well, I went to school in London to do my master's in development uh, economics. So that means like, how do we bring underdeveloped countries into the, the first world standard of living? How do we defeat corrupt governments? So I became an aid worker for a uh, medical NGO in Turkey. Um, I loved the work, but it was very um, frustrating because not many people know this, That, but America has a grip on a lot of underdeveloped countries and we give them aid based off of whether or not they'll do stuff we want them to do. So I decided I don't, I don't really want to be part of this industry anymore. Really? So you wouldn't, you, you would want to provide some type of aid and you wouldn't be able to at times because of the administration or conflicts. Yeah. And this is when Obama was um, president. So Uh, I think it's important that we remember like no one is perfect. Everybody makes questionable decisions at some points. But while I was there, we had American um, troops fighting against uh, militias that were backed by the CIA. And yeah, it was crazy. Like the the Syrian war was a a horrible, horrible point in our history, especially for Syria. Um, But it really opened my eyes to the influence that America has abroad, whether we know it or not. Right, I can't imagine the things that we don't know. And um, I do fighting against ourselves all over the world, I, I, I believe <laughs> in, in, yep. war, yeah, yeah, in physical wars and economic wars and everything else. So uh, mm-hmm. it's that, a mess. That's why I teach finance because I want you to be able to control your own destiny. There you go. I like that. And that's true. We have a lot more control over our finances than people think. Um, and we'll get to that. But I know that you have had a lot of trouble with uh, immigration yourself. Oh, yeah. And I can relate yeah. to it. I mean, my wife and I, whenever we travel, we, 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 uh, we fear the big red X mm. <laughs> just on the, the travel documents, having to go through the separate line that takes an extra two hours. Uh, oh, where's your wife from? Uh, she's from Spain. Oh, cool. Okay. Just, yeah. So, um, yeah, just because she's from Spain or possibly her name. Yeah, we get that big dreaded X half the time and have to take all mm-hmm, that extra mm-hmm. extra time to get through. And we went through uh, getting her citizenship and all of that. And uh, yeah, that was that was interesting and, and a battle at times. But I'm interested to hear what, what you went through, or what you've mm-hmm. gone through. Well, I just attract trouble, Michael. Like, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> something about my face. Uh, if you are listening to this, I am a... Uh, morena, which means like a, a darker Latina. Um, so very often I get mistaken for um, someone who's Middle Eastern or whatever other racial profile you want to give me. Um, but in immigration, I keep having people reject my visa applications. So in the UK, my first marriage visa was uh, rejected. They told me I would need to go home. Uh, so I applied on Friday, got rejected on Friday. They told me to go home on Monday 
and to not come back for 2.5 years. Really? What was, yes. what was the reasoning? I'm sorry, I wasn't. They said that it needed to have, I needed to have a cooling off period, uh, which is bullshit. We ended up fighting them with the embassies and um, providing like all the documentation. They, their official reason for rejecting my application was they didn't understand why a German and a American had to continue their relationship in the United Kingdom, which is not a legal reason. Uh, <laughs> they think so, the combination of you two was just uh, a bomb waiting to go off? Like what was the, yeah, what it's the too reasoning? explosive. We're <laughs> too good looking together, Michael. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then now I'm having problems again in Germany. Uh, they like gave me a four month visa for no explainable reason. Um, and they tried to make up, oh, um, you haven't been here for a year and blah, de, blah, de, blah. But every time I have to redo this application, I get to pay for it again. So, yeah, yeah. Um, eventually, once this is done, I should have a five year visa. Um, and then I'll be working my way up to a permanent residency card. Uh, and, and I can't have a passport, unfortunately, due to how Germany and America's relationship works. So I'll be getting a permanent residency. Most people don't know, but it's just as good as a passport. Um, so that'll be my fourth legal right to remain. Um, I can currently live and work in the United States, the United Kingdom, China, and Germany. Well, have you noticed the, the profiling getting, uh, getting better or worse throughout the years? I would say worse because there's a real like populist movement going through the through Europe and like the UK. We had Brexit recently um, that is now official this December. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, so Wasn't it a lot of a, that it was supposed to be official like every every six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they officially left um, this January and now they're getting kicked out, kicked out on uh, December or something. So they don't have a deal. They don't have their act together. Their economy is in a recession because no one is working and they can't pay taxes to pay for stuff. So it, it really was a slap in the, in the face, but Brexit was largely driven by racism and anti-immigration sentiments because people are nervous that, um, and this is the weird part, they're uncomfortable with Eastern Europeans specifically coming to the United Kingdom, um, which is like white on white racism, which is super weird to me as like a Mexican American in, from America. Um, yes, there was some conflict with other um, like ethnic minorities coming into the United Kingdom, but a lot of the dialogue was about Eastern Europeans coming to the United Kingdom. Interesting, interesting. So you currently work for one of the largest tech travel firms as an API technology consultant. I do, I do. Okay, can you explain to people that aren't aware <laughs> what an API technology consultant is? Yeah, sure. So for my travel tech company, um, we provide an API um, like connection. So uh, an API allows one thing to talk to another thing and to pass information securely. So my company, we have hotel supplies, we have um, uh, experiences, some people have flights, and through our technology, we plug into like marketing platforms. So I, I can't legally disclose who our clients are, but I would bet my salary that you book on a marketing platform, 
that uses our technology to power the search of the hotel, when you're coming, what sort of dynamic prices that you're going to be shown. Um, and so I go out to those companies and I, I help them integrate into this technology. Okay, so like uh, Expedia and maybe Kayak and all of those, people wonder how, how they all know what Delta's flight 1257 costs and how do they all mm -hmm. book it? And it's all done because Expedia and Kayak's programming is connected through an API to Delta mm -hmm. or to the mm -hmm. other airlines. Correct. Yes. So I'm, I'm just going to blab. I try not to mention who my main employer is too uh -huh. much because I'm trying to like establish my own brand, but I work for Expedia. Um, and so we have a travel technology that connects to other marketing platforms, uh, which you completely understood. Uh, and then that's how we send them the supply and the dates. And there's a lot that goes into figuring out if Michael and his wife go to Palm Springs on uh, December 29th through the 31st, how much is that gonna cost you? What are the taxes and fees? How much does the property make in response to that? What information is being passed? What about the reviews? How is the cleaning done? Everything in under a second. Oh, wow. Wow, that's a, it's a lot to gather and uh, a lot of different places it's gathering from too. So. Exactly. I was a computer programmer my previous life, so I understand the basics of it. <laughs> Do you, have you don't any? need to know it. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's wasting part of my brain now. It just kind of takes up space. But um, yeah, are there any secrets you can give us to like get deals that we should know? Is there like get a, a good secret? deal? Yes, I can. Um, yeah, we can click on or. <laughs> uh, so first of all, always search for travel in incognito mode. Uh, you're going to want to write this down, Michael. Um, so <laughs> what that means is you're hiding your IP address from us. So we don't know what you've tried to search for in the past. Um, not us, but I know other companies um, will sell your data. So if Michael Googles restaurants in Madrid, that information might get saved. And then when you Google uh, hotels in Madrid, um, Google will show you an inflated price because it knows you're already interested in that. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always kind of told people when they said incognito mode and hi mode hide yourself, I've always been like, what do I have to hide? But that mm -hmm. is a very good reason right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then my second best tip is book on a Tuesday or a Thursday, because that's when the best, cheapest flight, uh, flight pricing and hotel pricing will be released. Okay. Okay. They can actually tell, even if you're in incognito mode, they can tell that you're in your house though. Can't they? So you need to. Ish. It depends on how well you hide your IP address. Um, I go the step further. I actually turn on a VPN and drop myself in lower purchasing power countries because they know that a Indian national will have less money to spend than someone searching in San Francisco, California. So they'll give you a better price potentially. And pretending to surf from overseas doesn't cause an issue when you're booking? Uh, you just change the um, the currency. Okay. All right. For yeah. those that don't know, a VPN is a virtual private network. And there's ones like SurfEasy. I don't know. There's a bunch of them that you can pay like a $10 fee or something a month. And then you essentially mm -hmm. log into it from your computer. And then the internet or whatever you're visiting thinks that you're surfing the internet from somewhere completely different than your house. So it's a way to hide your internet. And it's also a way to... I guess save some money. So yeah, <laughs> I, I discovered this in like 2013. And that's how I've been able to like fly all over the place. I thought I was a tech guy until right now. And I'm like, 
<laughs> it, it just, um, I think the secret is you're always being watched. So if you want to get the best price, you got to keep people on your toes or on their toes. Got you. So, so how did this lead to your, uh, your professional mm -hmm. life, which you've started on your own? How does this tie together? Mm -hmm. um, so I guess there's a timeline that's missing here. So I graduated from Boston College with a degree in English literature um, in 2013. I was, I was supposed to go to law school, did the LSAT, was ready to go. And then I was like, mm, I've never done anything other than be the best student and daughter I've ever been and listen to every older adult that has told me what to do and then just did that. So instead I quit everything, dumped my boyfriend, stopped going to uh, all my LSAT classes and I moved to China. Um, so that happened in 2013. Fast forward to 2015, I officially moved to London to do um, my master's and to be with my partner, but I had no way to support myself. So I started um, in China already doing some freelancing consulting work, doing some marketing, PR, really anything to make a dollar. Um, and that's how I launched Wander Onwards in China and then really started to ramp it up in uh, the United Kingdom. Fast forward to 2017, I got my first job in tech. This is after Syria and Turkey. Um, and that is how I got into travel tech te uh, technology. So in parallel, I'm running Wander Onwards. And then in 2018, I became debt-free from credit card debt, uh, paid 10,000 down in eight months. Wow. Uh, yeah, I did not have a haircut. I was not eating properly. I wore leggings to every event, but I was debt-free. Um, <laughs> and that's what's inspired this like finance journey uh, for myself. And I realized we're not really talking about money in um, the space of uh, women, in people of color spaces. So I wanted to talk about it. And that's what I'm doing now. Okay. What, what is Wonder Onwards? So Wander Onwards is a wealth and wanderlust platform that helps people build better lives in and out of America. You'll see lots of investing information, debt smashing information, how to budget information on one pillar. And then on the second, you'll see lots of resources for how you can also move abroad. I really want to encourage Americans to leave America, go find out what makes you happy, go learn languages, go fall in love. Uh, and I help you do that. But it's so expensive to do. What's, what's, what's your number it's one? It's not, advice? Michael. <laughs> What's your number one advice to, to, to do it? If somebody looks at it and they get overwhelmed and they're like, oh, you know, where do I start? How do I have nowhere to live? I don't have a job. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, come on down to Wander Onwards. Uh, you can start there. We have the whole resource all packaged. Um, secondly, get someone else to pay for it. Um, you can go teach English abroad. You can go work at an international school. You can get scholarships for universities. You can get a uh, sponsorship from an internal transfer at your current job. There are so many ways to get abroad these days. Oh, wow. Yeah, those are some of the things I never would have, I never would have thought of. Have somebody else pay mm -hmm. for it. Sounds so simple. Yeah, that's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what type of... What type of clientele have you helped move abroad? Mm -hmm. So currently I launched my move abroad masterclass at the start of the pandemic. So this has provided a little bit of a wrench in my business user case. 
But I have had one girl move to the Dominican Republic, Amy. She showed up on October 1st um, after graduating from my move abroad masterclass. And she's living her best life. She just started a new job. She's meeting all these wonderful people. She's basically in her bikini on the beach all day. And I'm really happy for her. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. That's awesome. We have a dream to move abroad if things don't go the right way. <laughs> in the United yeah. States at some point. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, just Google move abroad on YouTube and I will come up. I have videos about how to find a job, about how to do the visa paperwork. Like it's all free on YouTube. Go enjoy. I'm sure right now is a very good time for your business because I think a lot of people are thinking of moving around. Um, what's your number one advice for people that are in debt? They're oh, um, and they just uh, mm -hmm. are kind of stuck. Mm -hmm. um, definitely start a zero based budget. So what that means is you count every single dollar, you know exactly where it goes and you give every dollar a job. So at the end of the month, you should have zero. Uh, that doesn't mean you should have zero dollars in your bank account, but that means a thousand goes to rent, 500 goes to food and living costs, and then another 500 goes into savings. And you have to make sure you hit each of those numbers exactly so you can start getting yourself accustomed to a lower cost of living and uh, you can start delegating where this money moves. Got you. I, I remember one of the first lessons I learned was when I racked up a credit card debt, like when you spoke about. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, number one lesson is don't let a, a, a credit card carry a debt past, past its due date. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pay it off. Don't spend if you don't have it. Don't use the credit card for the loan. High interest rate. Yeah. And they're killers. It's crazy. And then people don't understand like how a principal and uh, interest works. If you don't pay down your interest on time or end part of the principal, not only does the principal haunt you the next month, but the interest gets added on top of it. So that principal is bigger. And eventually you're just paying interest month to month. Um, and this is how it starts to snowball out of control. Right, right. I remember uh, my last job, I bought a nice $600 pair of Chrome Heart sunglasses. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let he who hath not bought something ridiculous and designer cast the first stone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> where where would you recommend people look to move if they if they've never looked to move abroad? What's what's one place that wouldn't be so difficult? Would be lovely mm -hmm. and, and 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 would be possible to reach out to. Mm -hmm. Um. So it depends on how you're going to self-fund um, if you are going to need to do if you're going to need to work full-time in like a traditional industry I would definitely recommend um, Munich it's fantastic here the quality of life is amazing I would recommend Singapore um, I would recommend Denmark uh, and I would recommend um, Buenos Aires despite the inflation it's a great place to live I hear um, and I'll be going next year um, if you don't have to work and you can potentially freelance or work remotely, um, check out Portugal. They have, I think it's called the L1 visa, where you just have to prove you have enough money in your bank account to support yourself. It's something like $11,000 in cash. And then you'll get a year visa and you can just live in Portugal. Can you live in Portugal for $11,000 for a year without working? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's super cheap in Portugal. Like my... so. Three of my students are moving to Portugal in the immediate future, and they've been finding rents for 300 uh, euros a month. 
Uh, food is dirt cheap in Portugal as well. Like there's not many industries there, which is why um, the cost of living is so cheap. They don't have the big banks like we do in Frankfurt or London. So it keeps the, the prices down. Okay. I, I know food is, is one of your big things. Where's, if I was going to move somewhere based on food, what would you say? Mm -hmm. What would your first answer? Well, do you like spicy? That's a big question. I do. I do. I like spicy. I okay. You have to move to Hong Kong then because you could pay $3 or $300 and you will still have the best food of your life. Okay. Okay. I can't do soy sauce, unfortunately. Is there a lot of soy oh, sauce? No. I know. I, um, still eat, I still eat sushi almost daily. I just... I, if a real sushi chef saw me dipping everything in spicy mayo, then they would have a heart attack. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I think is it a gluten allergy? Is that why you can't have it? No, there's something in soy sauce and balsamic vinegar, and mm -hmm. there's something in 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 those types of sauces that yeah destroy mm -hmm. me. <laughs> well, then try Vietnam instead. They don't use as much uh, soy sauce. Equally amazing ingredients, super fresh, loads of veggies, and um. They used to have like French uh, colonists there. So there's a real like fusion between um, like French style of eating and Vietnamese food and traditional practices. Okay. All right. I never would have known that. I'll definitely check that out. So for... Yeah, I didn't either until I showed up. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to travel around and just eat. <laughs> yeah, do it. What's on, your, what's on your travel plans for 2021? Um, I am turning 30, so I will be doing three weeks in Argentina, and I'll be going from the top down to the tippy bottom. Um, I want to go to Antarctica and, like, wave to Argentina. Um, my husband is not on board, but I do not need him to go there. Um, <laughs> so I might just do it. Sounds <laughs> like a good plan. Are you going to, like, COVID slow you down at all, or...? Yeah, it is a little bit. Um, it was supposed to happen at the beginning of 2021, but now it's been postponed to the end of December. Um, but I I don't really like being around people anyway. So I was just gonna do it in like a car and like hiking and, and just being by myself or, or with whoever I go with. So uh, COVID or not, like this is happening. I got you. Oh, well, have fun. I'm. Uh... I'm dying to plan my next trip. It's been, it's, oh, it's killing me not to go to go away right now. So mm -hmm. where do you normally go? Uh, we go to Spain. My wife also grew up in Sweden. So we go to Sweden. We went to Italy last year. Amazing. Yeah. We were thinking about going to Denmark next year. Um, mm -hmm. Helsinki. I don't know. Explore around. Mm -hmm. I'd love to go to Hong Kong. I really would. It's just whenever I go to start to book it and I see how long the flights are. <laughs> don't be such a big baby michael i am i am <laughs> that's exactly what it is <laughs> i have two kids i have a 10 and 7 i have 10 and 8 or 11 and 8 year old and uh yeah it gets more difficult although they're 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 trips they just went to spain with my wife uh during covid because her father's there cool. and they wore the masks the entire flights you know they were flying for 13 hours um yeah so so yeah, I'm the baby. They would do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It sounds like you're the weak link in this family. Like, <laughs> get it together. <laughs> Not let them listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I think Asia is a great place, especially to raise children because it's just so safe. Um, I walked home barefoot at three o'clock in the morning in Beijing. No one even spoke to me. Um, I would never feel like safe enough to do that in America. And like the kids out here, perfect Chinese, perfect German, and they're like blonde hair, blue eyed from San Antonio, Texas. 
Well, well, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the leap and, and do some farther travels and get myself. Yeah, up. you deserve it, Michael. I do. Thank you. <laughs> well, for the people out there, did your do your um move abroad sessions are they always upcoming or when's your next mm -hmm. one? Mm -hmm. So it is a 100% online self-taught course um, with like videos and articles and resources. So you get to work through it at your own pace. It's designed to be a five-week course. Um, every uh, three times a year, I run live classes. So uh, you do your coursework and then on the Sunday, you join a live group of people where you get to ask your questions and get to bounce ideas off of me and off of your peers. And that's been super successful because it really builds a um, community. And I have a final examination where you graduate with a end-to-end -end six month plan about how to move abroad, like the actual specifics, what visa, what flight you're on, how do you get your residence permit? Um, and my students are presenting it next week, just in time for the election. Uh, so based off of who wins, some of them might be out ASAP. Uh, yes. How, how do you have time for all this? You seem to have a lot of scenes going on. Like when do you give downtime? Did your husband see you? Are you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. You have to be so diligent with like your time management. I say no to like friends, families, outings, but I have a bigger vision. And my vision is to retire at 45 with a million dollars in my investment portfolio and several properties that I own that generate money. I will also have this business still running. Um, so I don't have any children. We're in a lockdown. I can't leave my apartment. We're going to do the work right now. What does your typical day look like? What time does it start? <laughs> my day starts at five o'clock in the morning, pretty much five times a week. Yeah. Um, I go to the gym until 630. And then I come here, shower, put on a full face of makeup, do my hair, make TikToks uh, <laughs> for an hour so I can have like a backlog of content. I answer personal emails for my business and then I start my actual job at nine. Um, I work nine to five for my full-time job with the travel tech company. And then in the evening, I do podcast interviews like this one. Um, I do content creation. I write articles. I was actually just published in um, Business Insider and I am officially a paid writer. I finally did it with that English degree. Congratulations. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> you took the long way there, but you, you, I did. you loop back around. <laughs> yeah. It's never too late to have a seventh act or a seventh scene. I, I, you're looking at one right here. That's I'm on my 10th or so, right? <laughs> Starting a new one all the time. You're not afraid to burn out. I guess you're, you're doing what you love, which, which keeps the flame burning. Yeah. Um, I burn out regularly. Uh, it was easier to manage the, the lows when I was traveling. Cause I could just like go to Portugal, go to Poland, but during COVID it's been really, really hard. Um, it's, it's just tenacity and like, I have a great therapist. So <laughs> these I'm, are the secrets. I'm with you there. Therapist, therapist is key. <laughs> a good therapist. Yeah. Is key. I've interviewed quite a few. So, oh really cool no, not, not here i mean my personal oh. <laughs> my personal life over i was wondering tell, tell me how you get free therapy with this podcast <laughs> hmm, actually <laughs> <Just got Yeah>. 
I saw you have a YouTube, you have, you have TikTok. Um, mm -hmm. What do you say to people that are just starting out that have, you know, one follower or not even? How, how, how do they keep going? How do you, how do you get up every day and do that at five in the morning? Oh, when, pick when one thing and do that thing well. Um, I would say that, start that. Um, the Instagram is that for me. I, I really have an understanding of the platform. I have a lot of loyal followers. I have paying customers there. So that creates some space for me to focus on new revenue streams, which I'm really focusing on passive income. So YouTube, you get um, paid for your advertisements uh, that are played in the middle of your uh, video. I started with zero YouTube followers. I'm at 500 now. Uh, I've only been doing it for four months. So I feel really proud about that. That is very good. Yeah, that's that's that, I think that's very good. Very great for organic growth too. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then on TikTok, um, I started again with zero. I started three weeks ago. I have 200 followers and one of my um, TikToks went super viral. It has 25,000 views already and it's only been up for a week. Um, so they didn't stay, which is annoying and I got to figure this out, but I, I'm already getting the traction. I'm seeing, seeing the growth. Um, so I'm just full steam ahead. Hi, is, there, is there anything else we should know about you? This is, this has been great. I really appreciate this. Uh, I'm glad. Well, um, one thing that I would love to plug is I am launching a financial fluency masterclass this December 21st at 2.15 PM. My TikTok astrologist said that this is like some sort of line crossing with Pluto and, and Jupiter. So if you launch on this day, it'll continue going on for 200 years. And this whole like cross of planets won't happen for another 200 years. So that's what we're doing. We're just, we're going to take a, a chance on astrology. Um, but it is a uh, 20 day course uh, that'll teach you everything you need to know about money that we should have learned in our schools. And it'll create the foundation of what you need to know about debt, credit, interest, investing, um, I know a lot of people are very curious about how to invest. Um, I invested 20 grand by myself this year, post-tax. So it's been I, a long journey. Well, I, I went through some of your YouTube videos and you have some great advice out there for traveling and for finance. So uh, I highly recommend people check that out. So this has been Second Scene with Michael. Thank you, Vanessa. This is, I've, you blew my mind a couple of times with things. Uh, I'm glad. I'm, I'm finally understanding incognito. I never saw a reason because I was like, I <laughs> I'm going to hide from the corporate people. And uh, you can check out Vanessa at wonderonwords.co. That's W-A-N-D-E-R-O-N-W-A-R-D-S.co. Uh, you can also find her at startyourgreatescape.com. Yep. All right. And if you want more no-nonsense advice or free one-on-one -on -one mentorships and anything from resume writing to mental health, send us your contact request at dweebsglobal.org and we will pair you with a mentor.